The following is a presentation of Hawkeye's Mike LLC. Third and five for Penn State at the Hawkeye six yard line, leading Iowa 6 3. McGloin at a quarterback, and he's going to throw with time back at the end zone. Intercepted by Micah Hyde. That's why you pound the football and get the points. That's also why they got issues at the quarterback position. Chris, I saw that play develop here. It's a corner, throw the corner. Just like you said, there's an underneath route. The corner sunk. Yeah. He forced that throw. Hello, Hawkeye fans. This is John Patchett, and welcome to the football show from Hawkeye's Mike. We have two reporters' notebook segments in this podcast, featuring Mark Morehouse, who previews Iowa's upcoming Legends Division contest against the Northwestern Wildcats, and Susan Dank, who looks back at the Hawks' loss at Penn State. You'll also hear from the opposing coaches in this coming Saturday's game, Iowa's Kirk Ferentz and Northwestern's Pat Fitzgerald. This Hawkeye's Mike program is one in a series of our three weekly podcasts this year, which include regulars Brent Balbinat and Marv Cook, as well as numerous guest commentators and reporters. The Iowa-Penn State game highlights are courtesy of ABC with announcers Dave Posh, Chris Spielman, and Urban Meyer. An excellent job calling this contest. I liked their interaction. We very much appreciate it and thank them. Hawkeyes Mike football programs come to you following every game during the entire season and are brought to you in part by Prefence Hand Sanitizer. One application lasts all day. Try the hand sanitizer used by the Iowa Hawkeyes. And remember, the best defense is Prefence. And by the Marsh Cook Investment Group in Coralville, Iowa. Marsh Cook, for all your investment needs. Refreshment? I've got protein paste, carb laxative. Oh, suffocated kumquat, perhaps. No, thank you. I'm actually trying to cut down on those. Oh, they're good. They are good. I know what you mean. HawkeyesMike.com. It's sports talk radio on the internet. Just for you, the Iowa fan. All sports, all Hawks, all the time. Time now for part one of our reporter's notebook with Susan Dink. You can read Susan's articles in the Hawkeye and online at thehawkeye.com. Susan looks back at the Penn State loss. Susan, not so much the loss, but how disappointing was Iowa's performance at Penn State last Saturday? I mean, you could just see the frustration on, on like, James Vandenberg's face, and you normally don't see that with him. He's usually pretty calm and even keeled, but you could just see it in his face, the way he was playing, the way the team was playing, that they did not expect to go out there and, and you know, do that performance. What was the most surprising thing to you about the performance? I think definitely the offense, the way they had been putting up numbers, you know, in the non-conference season and, and what they had been doing and, and the success they'd been having with the no huddle. Um, and also that the, the run game isn't doing anything. They really need to get somebody in there behind Marcus Coker to sell him and, and maybe pick up some more yards, get a, a different, you know, change of pace in there. Yeah, I was going to talk about that, that we had the invisible backup running backs again. <laughs> it seems like there's been an invisible backup running back since the first week of the season on the call guy. 
got hurt. You know, Kirk Ferentz keeps talking about getting somebody else in there and how they have confidence in all these guys, and then they just never seem to put anyone in. I'm not sure, you know, what's going on there, and they keep having Jason White as their backup running back, and I don't remember the last time we saw Jason in there. At least at the running back position. Exactly, yes. Your thoughts on the whole offensive identity debate? I mean, what version of uh, the offense do you think we're going to see going forward here? Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> Knowing Kirk Ferentz and that run-first attitude. And hopefully they, they do a mixture. They really need to get that run game going. But at the same time, James can really get that, that, um, that passing offense going. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do <laughs> going forward. You know, if they do try to concentrate on that run game and then it get going, or if they're going to open it up and let James throw a little bit more, which I think they're going to have to do. Well, I think, you know, one of the really interesting questions coming out of last Saturday is how alarmed should Iowa fans be because you saw the Hawks play the first really good defense that they faced this season and the offense completely lays an egg. Is that an aberration? What do you think we're going to see going forward here? I hope it was an aberration. It's going to be kind of hard to say. I mean, they knew they were a young team going into the season. They knew they were going to have ups and downs. And really in the non-conference season, other than the Iowa State game, there weren't a whole lot of huge, you know, roller coasters where they were up and they were down. But I think, you know, knowing James Vandenberg and, and his attitude and his work ethic, you know, he's going to, to lift that offense up and in the receivers, of course, and, you know, the biggest is going to be that running game. But I, I don't know if you're going to see another performance like that. At Kirk's press conference on Tuesday, the, your sense of the feel, of, both at the press conference with respect to Kirk and then in, after that in terms of interviewing the players, what's your sense of how things are there right now after that loss? And then, of course, facing Northwestern, where Northwestern has done to Iowa sort of what Iowa has done to Penn State. So what was your sense of the feel Tuesday? There was a little bit of frustration there, I think, on Kirk's part. He kept trying to bring questions back to, we're only concerned about this Saturday, and trying really to focus on just the game and none of the other kind of questions, you know, about anything else going on. Um, and the players, uh, they were kind of quiet, but at the same time, they know they have to, you know, get that out of their head and move forward. But I think playing Northwestern, that's a tough one mentally, too, because, like you said, they do have that domination over Iowa, like Iowa had over Penn State. Like I wrote this morning, you know, you're kind of hoping since the, the Nittany Lions finally turned it around, that maybe Iowa can turn it around against Northwestern. And last, we're going to completely change directions here. You were at the Nebraska-Wisconsin game, where the Badgers totally dominated the Cornhuskers. Then we saw Nebraska's incredible comeback at Lincoln last Saturday against Ohio State. Thinking a few weeks ahead when Iowa goes to Lincoln, what's your opinion of Nebraska right now? Are they overrated? Are they pretty good? Are they really good? <laughs> They've looked kind of schizophrenic the last couple of weeks, you know, watching them against Wisconsin. Martinez just looked horrible. Uh, he just couldn't complete anything. Yeah, he scrambled a little bit, but then Wisconsin just started shutting him down. And then last week, it was an entirely different team. But then I don't know if Ohio State's defense is, you know, anything compared to what Wisconsin has right now. So I'm excited to go to Lincoln and, and see what's going to happen, you know, that few weeks away yet and watching both of these teams evolve and see what they're going to become by that week. It should be a very interesting game. I just wish your friends were as mature as you. They are mature, actually. You just have to get to know them better. Paging Dr. Douchebag. Vandenberg, another tip ball, another interception. Nick Suke with the pick. Penn State.
takes over. Stupar tipped it. One interception through three games and three quarters for Vandenberg. Two on the last two possessions for the Iowa quarterback. Carrying the receivers downfield. Tip drill, which has been the theme of the day, capitalized by Penn State. How many things have you touched today? Hmm? Ooh, a puppy. <laughs> How many places have your hands been? Ooh, a keyboard. 24-hour hand sanitizer protection just makes sense. Prefins, a silica-based hand sanitizer protects your hands all day. Stays on up to 10 washings. Moisturizes, alcohol-free, and safe for the kids. So go ahead, touch anything and everything. Ooh, a toilet. Prefins, keep your hands germ-free all day. Time now to hear from the head coaches in this Saturday's game. First up, Iowa head coach Kirk Ferentz, who talks about Northwestern's success against Iowa, particularly the last three years. To me, it's pretty simple. They've, they've played better all three games. That's kind of where it's at. Um, you can slice it, dice it, injuries, that's, that's part of the game. Uh, they, you know, their quarterback was hurt uh, in 09 uh, as well. So at the end of the day, they, they played better in all three of those games, and they, they won. That's what, you know. That's, that's our objective this week, to play better than them. Ferentz was asked about the performance of his offensive line. But they did a decent job uh, the other day. You know, there's a lot that goes into it. It's like, uh, you know, if you look at sacks, there's a lot that goes into sacks. That, that's People typically uh, put that on an offensive line, just kind of a knee-jerk reaction, same thing in the running game. There's a lot that goes into all that stuff. It's, it's usually a team effort, you know, run production, sacks, those types of things. And a lot of times it's situational, too. So, you know, we... we you know, clearly on uh, Saturday, we didn't do anything of, of distinction. And, you know, I mean, the first thing I'd point out, I think, you know, we had five or six catchable balls that we didn't catch. So, you know, it's just tough to get any kind of rhythm going when you're doing that. Ferentz talks about the challenge presented by the Wildcats quarterback, Dan Persa, who has shredded the Hawks in the past. He played as, as well against us, I think, last year. As, you know, the quarterbacks that we faced, if you go back 13 years or just go back 12 years, forget about this year, but... Uh, you know, he, he really, you know, played excellent against us a year ago. Uh, I'd expect he's, he's going to be ready to do the same thing this year. So it's going to be a big, big challenge for us. And, uh, you know, we've played some really good quarterbacks uh, over the last decade. You know, the first guy that comes to mind is Randall L. Very different performer, different kind of quarterback than uh, Dan Persa, but nonetheless really tough to defend. And, uh, you know, with a guy like Randall L., the pressure's on you every snap. And I think, you know, Persa creates those same kind of problems in a different way, but he, you know, really, really affects you in a real tough way. Yeah, we, we didn't have to face Drew Brees. They weren't on our rotation uh, when we, you know, when he was playing. Imagine he would have been a pretty big challenge too. So, you know, Purse is right up there. Ferentz was asked about Northwestern's defense. I, I see a team that plays hard and plays smart, and uh, you know, I think that's uh, they have an identity, and they have an identity in all three areas. You know, and that's uh, that's important. And I think you know, Mike Hankowitz uh, got hired on there. I think he was really kind of stabilized. Uh, prior to that, there was a little bit of a you know year to year change a little bit, but. I think he's, he's given them an identity, and all I know is against us, they, they've made it really tough for us. They've played very well, and that's kind of what I'm focused on right now is just, you know, uh, what we're, we're doing. Yeah, we, we don't have a quarterback that resembles what they played Saturday, so you, know, you can take that out of the equation, and our quarterback looks a lot different than the guy they played the week before. So, you know, football's a game of matchups, and uh, so it's, uh, it's a little bit different. Kirk often refers to the Hawkeyes as a developmental team. He talks about the different tiers of teams in college football and how it changes from 
from time to time. You know, I've said this before. I think, you know, if you look at college football, there are a handful of teams that have great population bases, great resources. Uh, I mean, you know, look at stadiums. So I think all those kinds of commonsensical things that anybody, you know, and it really hadn't changed much over 30 years or 40 years, probably longer than that, you know, what schools those are. Uh, you know, so obviously they're, they're going to get a – they start on the inside track, and there's others that start way on the outside, and there's some in the middle, and that, that stuff fluctuates year to year. But there, there are some teams on that inside uh, lane each and every year. But, you know, to that, that point uh, – yeah, not that I follow stuff that close, but the top three payrolls in baseball aren't playing right now. So that, that's that's what's neat about sports. You know, there's no guarantee. Th- those teams in, in over the long haul, you know, they certainly win more games. And uh, I, I think Philly was second in payroll. They might have been third, but, you know, they won the most games this year, as I understand it. Uh, but that, that's what's cool about sports. Nobody knows, you know, as much as we all want to say, you know, this is going to happen, you just never know. And that's... That's what I think, you know, makes sports interesting. And in college, more so than, than pros, although pro baseball is a great example. You know, and, you know, I mean, Milwaukee's not a big market team by any stretch, you know, nor is St. Louis. They're good baseball towns, but they're not, you know, they're not, uh, they don't have the power the Yankees have. Next, we hear from Northwestern head coach Pat Fitzgerald, who talks about the Wildcats' success against the Iowa Hawkeyes over the past few years. I think we've been very fortunate. You know, again, they've, all these games have come down to, to winning the turnover ratio and making plays in the second half. I mean, that's that's, that's what it's come down to. I mean, you know, both teams are, are I, I think, both physical. You know, players on both sides that are, that are dynamic and. and uh, both games have, you know, I think every game I've been a part of in this series have been pretty close at halftime. And they've gone to the fourth quarter a game. I think they've most of them been decided by one score or less. So it's come down to turnover ratio and making plays in the fourth quarter. So for us, it's going to be critical that we start fast. It's going to be a raucous environment. You know, we can't go out there and get knocked out in the first round. You know, it's, the crowd's going to give them that, that extra netted boost. There's no question about that. It's an outstanding environment at Kinnick. Fitzgerald was asked to evaluate quarterback Dan Purse's performance over his first two games coming back from injury. Dan's doing great. Um, you know, he's two games back. That's what I'd say. I mean, he, I think he can he'd be the first to tell you. He'd really like some of the plays back in the third quarter, you know, that, that we had. Um, but uh, it is what it is. You move on and... You know, he's he's given us a chance to win. You know, I really like what we're trying to do and what we're trying to get accomplished. We just got to get our guys to execute better. It's, it's, it's really not a whole lot more complicated than that. We just got to keep grinding and keep working fundamentally. And you know, margin for error in this league is very slim. You guys watch a lot more games than I get a chance to watch. I watch the coaches' copies. But, you know, most of these games are going to the second half. Everybody's got a chance to win them. You just got to make, you got to execute, you got to stay disciplined in your fundamentals, and you got to make plays when they present themselves, you know, and we just haven't done that for, for two weeks. So, I mean, we, we have, we just haven't done it long enough. We haven't done it for 60 minutes. Coach Fitzgerald talks about his other quarterback, Kane Coulter. I get two dynamic playmakers. I mean, both those guys can make things happen, and, you know, I, I just really am proud of Kane. I mean, his attitude, the way that he's approached, uh, you know, the change in role, going from being the starting quarterback to now being a critical member of what we're trying to accomplish. Uh, but not the quarterback, you know. To, uh, I think a young man with, with lesser maturity and, and, and not as much of a team guy would be throwing a pity party and complaining, but he's the other way around, man. He's, he's having a blast, and he's playing his tail off. Really, really proud of him. 
Fitzgerald analyzes Iowa QB James Vandenberg, the Iowa receivers, and the Hawkeyes offense as a whole. James is playing, I think, really, really well. You know, we saw him a couple years ago uh, when he came in, when Ricky got injured, and, you know, you could tell he had a big-time arm. Uh, it was a really tough situation for him to come in and now to watch him. I haven't gotten through every game. I've gotten through most of them and, and some of the cut-ups with the defensive staff. You know, the way that he brought that team back, uh, especially in the pit game, uh, and then the momentum that carried on the, into the uh, ULM game was, was really, really impressive. Uh, and then on Saturday, I mean, playing in State College is a pretty tough environment, and, and I thought Penn State played really well in the secondary. They, they really did. They were really disruptive and, and did some things. I mean, it's going to be a great challenge for us. It's not only, I mean, Marvin's all Big Ten receiver. You know, it's a lot of similarities to Jenkins and Champagne, but different, bigger. You know, 6'4", 215 can really run. Keenan Davis, another big receiver, 6'3", 215 on the other side. And then they're getting their tight ends involved. I also, Cavante uh, Martin uh, Manley is also doing a nice job for him. So, and, and, and Marcus can catch the ball at the backfield. So he's spreading out to all their guys. I mean, Coach O'Keefe does a nice job. They, they, they execute, they do what they do really well. And, and, you know, you look at the previous two, you know, maybe the second half against Pitt and then ULM, they were executing at a real high level. And then it, sometimes on Saturday, kind of like us, just didn't execute a little bit and, and set him behind the chains and Penn State was able to have some success. And Pat Fitzgerald was asked if his Wildcats are motivated even more this week in order to continue their win streak against Iowa. Well, we got a lot of things we got to fix. What's done is done. I, I think we've just been fortunate. Again, we've won a turnover ratio, made some plays in the second half, and found a way to win. I mean, you, you look at our conference right now, and again, I I didn't watch every game uh, on Saturday, obviously, but I was had a chance to watch a bunch. And very, very competitive football teams are, are not separated by very much, you know. And uh, it just comes back to the, us as coaches putting our guys in situations to make plays, get them fundamentally sound and technically sound, execute in a consistent level. And then the guys got to go out and make the plays when they, when they present themselves. So, I mean, I, I think motivation from this game is both teams are coming off a loss. Both teams are frustrated probably with, with the way that they've played most recently. And, and both teams probably feel like they could have won most recently if they, if they correct some things. So, you know, extremely well coached, very good players on both sides. And uh, going to be a great challenge for us because you compound it with playing tonight. I can't, can't minimize that. <laughs> Call in and express your opinions about the Hawks. To make your voice heard on HawkeyesMike.com, call toll-free 866-74-HAWKS and join our guest experts on weekly podcasts. Looking ahead to this Saturday's game, the Iowa Hawkeyes opened the 2011 Big Ten season last weekend, losing at Penn State. The Hawks have their conference home opener this Saturday, facing off against recent nemesis Northwestern in a Legends Division matchup. And following the loss to Penn State, this game becomes absolutely critical for the Hawkeyes. Plus, it's obvious the team and coaching staff are looking for some revenge against NU. Iowa comes into this game with a 3-2 record, the Wild Cats are two and three. This will be the 73rd meeting between the two schools. Iowa leads the all-time series 46-23 and three, but Northwestern has won the last three and five of the last six, including the last three games played in Kinnick Stadium. Kirk Ferentz is 92-62 at Iowa. Pat Fitzgerald is in his sixth year with the Wildcats, owning a career record of 36 and 32, including four and one against the Hawks. If Northwestern wins Saturday, Fitzgerald will move ahead of Arapar. 
Parsegian and Dick Hanley for third place all-time on NU's career coaching wins list. This game is Iowa's only night game of the season and is special for Hawk fans in three ways. It's the annual Black and Gold Spirit game. It's ANF Day at Kinnick, and two card stunts are planned, a first for the stadium. The Big Ten's honoring legends building leaders mobile tour will also be in Iowa City this weekend, which will give Iowa fans their first look at the new Stag Paterno Championship Trophy. Northwestern is sitting on a three-game losing streak. It has struggled defensively, but it does lead the Big Ten in turnover margin after finishing last season ranked 12th nationally in that category. And turnovers have been a major factor in the series the past few years. The Wildcats watched second-half leads evaporate the last two weeks and have been prone to giving up big plays. So far this season, their defense has allowed 31 plays of 20 yards or more, including 15 plays of 30-plus yards and 9 plays for 40-plus yards. On the other side of the coin, many Iowa fans still have nightmares about Northwestern quarterback Dan Persa, who seems to thrive in games against the Hawks. Part two of our Reporter's Notebook this week features Mark Morehouse. You can read Mark's articles in the Gazette and online at thegazette.com. Mark previews the Iowa Northwestern game. Before we preview the Northwestern game, Mark, I want to pick your brain just a bit about the Penn's loss. In terms of laying an egg, did that game feel to you at all like the Minnesota contest last year? No, uh, it was spirited. The Hawkeyes were, wanted to win. Uh, they did more than just show up, which I think was the major problem last year in Minnesota. They just couldn't do anything against really great defense. Uh, that, I don't think Penn State will be in the Big Ten championship game, but because Wisconsin, they're in the same division with Wisconsin, Wisconsin will rub them out and it will kill everybody. But... I think that uh, Penn State's defense is championship caliber, and I think it really showed up Saturday. A lot of veteran guys, a lot of guys I've been writing about now for it seems like seven or eight years. Suquet, uh, Astorino, uh, Devin Still, just name after name after name are ones I've heard before, and it showed up. I mean, they were they were stout. Iowa really was unsure on offense. Uh, lowest point production since uh, a 23 to three loss at Iowa State in 2005. First time they haven't scored a touchdown in the game, I believe, and I and I know I had the stat locked down, but I can't remember it now. But uh, I think 2007 Purdue 31-6 loss. So uh, some all-time, you know, not all-time lows for Iowa, but some um, long streaks broken with just the three points. And uh, defensively, you know, I really think the. You know, the book is out on Iowa. You run right at them. Uh, Penn State doesn't have a great offensive line, but it won the line of scrimmage. And uh, But they do. Penn State does have good backs, and they really came to play Saturday. And, uh, you know, 13 points, you think that Iowa should win. I mean, if you tell me 13 points on Thursday, uh, Penn State's going to score 13 points against Iowa at uh, Beaver Stadium. I think Iowa, Iowa won like 27-13 then. Uh, no, uh, Iowa is just uh, too inconsistent right now on offense. And... Uh, Defense is uh, really right from the person. 17 defensive players played Saturday, so that, so that tells me that they're they're really trying to find something that works. Let's talk about each one of those things. How alarmed should fans be that the first really good team in terms of defense that Iowa faced, their offense was completely stifled? Yeah, I, I, to me, and I use the word identity crisis after the game, and maybe I shouldn't use the word crisis, but I think really Iowa is looking for something that works and you know coach parents did say that they're learning about their team every week and i think that that's that's a tough spot to be in in the big 10 because i don't think you know 
you know, if you don't have a go-to play set or you don't have a go-to position group or a player, that then I think it's it's hard because then you're really feeling around and then you're in, you're inconsistent and then you lose rhythm and uh, execution obviously will sag with that. So I think that's kind of where Iowa is right now. And you know, James Vandenberg is a first-year starter, although it seems like I've been writing about him for seven or eight years. He is a first-year starter, and uh, that's not easy. I mean, there there there's a lot of guys on the offense who are growing up on the job. You know, both guards are new new starters that showed up Saturday, and it showed up early. In the season. The running back situation I think is fine. I think Marcus Coker is a fine running back. He really could use a number two and right now they don't have a number two that they trust. Uh, tight end play I think is killing Iowa's offense right now. And This summer, Kurt Ferentz at the Big Ten media day said, pretty sure I mean, you can, you, can talk, you, you can talk about whatever you want about Iowa's offense, but they will pretty much always have tight ends. And this year they, you can make an argument they don't have any. Uh, they're, they're just, it's, they just have not answered the bell the way they need to. Wide receivers, I think, are still premium. Uh, it's it's hard to get the ball to wide receivers when you know the quarterback is a little bit unsure and the quarterback's not seeing the coverages the way he needs to. So uh, I think that's where Iowa's offense is right now. Let's stick with that identity issue for a minute. Going forward, which version or versions are we likely to see not only against Northwestern but for the rest of the season? That's a good question, John. I think you'll probably see it's situa- it'll be situational. I don't think there's a... I don't think there's anything that you can really say that Iowa will stick to. What I think should happen against Northwestern is a power offense. I think uh, Iowa wins the offensive line of scrimmage. Iowa's offensive line beats Northwestern's defensive line. Iowa will run the ball and try to run the ball a lot and keep Dan Persa, who is a weapon. I don't care how many Achilles tendons he scored in the offseason. He's a fantastic weapon. Keeping him on the sidelines is premium. And I think if Iowa's best punch Saturday is... uh, Coker um, is winning the line of scrimmage, then they need to do that. If that doesn't work, <laughs> then it's uh, then it's a shootout. Then it really is a shootout, and I think it could turn up that way. Uh, I but I have not seen enough consistency out of Iowa's offense against good defenses to think that they could win a shootout. Yeah, unlike last week, at least when Iowa faced one of the top defenses in the country, this Saturday Northwestern's defense comes in ranked pretty low nationally in a lot of categories and near the bottom in the Big Ten. Well, John, you know, you don't eat a, you don't need a greasy steak and a box of Twinkies before you go to the doctor, right? For the blood test, Northwestern did that by uh, playing uh, basically playing Bernard Robinson, the yardage machine, last week. So I'm I'm not sure how much you can really buy into Northwestern stats. I mean, Northwestern and Illinois, two of the more dynamic quarterbacks in the Big Ten, and uh, Bernard Robinson and Nathan Shieldhouse. So yeah, Northwestern's numbers are ugly, but they've faced some, you know, just like I said, yardage machines. That said, you know, is Iowa consistent enough? Another thing about Northwestern's defense is they, they're they one of the top ten teams in the country in giving up big plays, 20-plus yards and, and up. Iowa is about middle of the road in 20-yard in, in plays and up. Iowa's 61 in the country in that. So, you know, I don't know I don't know if that means anything, but, you know, you have to wonder if is Iowa capable of hitting a big play against Northwestern. I think it is. I think, I think Marvin McNutt can do that. Let's play Mr. Pessimist and Mr. Optimist for just a second on the defense. Two distinct views out of last Saturday's game. One was that the defense played well 
uh, at least in terms of holding down Penn State's points total. The other view is that they just couldn't get off the field. They gave up too many long clock-eating drives. Time of possession became a huge factor in favor of Penn State. What, which view do you accept there? Uh, or both? Yeah, it's probably a little of both. I mean, you know, you never felt like the defense was really controlling that game. I mean, they also had an interception. Iowa had an interception in the end zone. Penn State was held to a field goal after a fake field goal in which the field goal kicker came out not wearing a kicking shoe. No one picked up on that, and boom, first down. I, luckily, Iowa's defense held, but, you know, it took some gas out of the tank, and that showed up in the end of the game when, you know, Penn State was just ramming it down their throats. So, uh, yeah, Iowa held them 13 points, but it was the defense was never in strike mode, was never really in control of that game. They had Tyler, I go to Tyler Nielsen's missed interception. I don't think he would have picked six that. I mean, there was a wide receiver right behind him, but if they, if they get that, Iowa's offense was still sort of clicking at that point in the game. I mean, Iowa's first two drives were 11 and 12 plays. I think it produced three points. Uh, that, that's a game changer. You know, Iowa was overall, I mean, the defense was not in control, no, but uh, overall, Iowa was not that far out of this game. You, you look at the, the big play in the game, the sack fumble at uh, Penn State's 48 on a blitz. Iowa, it's down 6-3, and it's at Penn State's 48, and it's moving the ball. Uh, if that sack, sack fumble doesn't happen, you know, maybe it's 6-6, maybe it's 10-6. Uh, uh, Iowa's still in it, and not that far out of that game Saturday. This Saturday against the Wildcats, we've heard Kirk's views multiple times on the recent history in this series. Uh, and one thing, Northwestern is uh, still ranked highly uh, this year is, is their turnover margin, and that's been a factor in past years. What's your sense of why Iowa struggled so much against the Wildcats? Well, let me see. I have some stuff written down. Okay, uh, first, Iowa on third down against Northwestern in the last three years. Iowa's converted 9 of 37. I don't know what that number is percentage-wise, but it's not good. Northwestern has converted 27 of 53. Uh, that's a telling stat. I mean, that's saying the Northwestern has just got more outs than Iowa. Uh, Iowa has not finished worth the crap against Northwestern in the last three years. You look at the fourth quarter scoring, Iowa has zero, Northwestern is 23. That's pretty telling, too. And then you go to turnovers, Iowa has 10. Uh, Iowa has coughed the ball 10 times, Northwestern only three. So Iowa's a minus seven with zero points in the fourth quarter and converting just a nine of uh, 37 third down. So those are all loser stats. I mean, it's plain and simple. Northwestern's finishing, Northwestern's getting off the field, and Northwestern, Northwestern's taking advantage of the turnovers. It's really just boils down to that. And I think there's also, you know, Northwestern really seems to buy into its coach, uh, Pat Fitzgerald. He's sort of this collegial, you know, kind of a... Enthusiasm. Yeah, it's a lot of collegial enthusiasm, I would say. And against uh, you know Iowa's NFL stoicism, I think I think maybe it matters just a little bit in this game. It doesn't block, it doesn't tackle, but it shows up somewhere. You did an interesting piece this week on Dan Persa, and there just seems to be some players who have other teams' numbers. Can you talk about Persa a little bit? Yeah, they they uh, Persa keeps plays alive against the Hawkeyes, and uh, it hurts them. He's one thing about Persa's game is yeah, sure he's only six one two ten, but he's a very physical player, very uh, strong in the weight room, hard to bring down. I and mean, uh, Iowa had, did a horrible job of that last year at Northwestern. They, you know, Sean Prater even said uh, just get him down on the ground already and get the play over. 
so I, I think that Iowa needs to be physical with him, and that, that's you know that's just getting hits, that's getting eleven players to the ball, that's you know creating piles. I mean, nothing dirty, but football. Iowa needs to you know play hard football against Persa, uh, who is coming off a torn Achilles. I mean, that's taken away. He's not the runner he was. I mean, he's definitely not the runner he was. He's only rushed I think eighteen times in two games. Uh, it's not the factor that he's had in the past. Kane Coulter comes in and does takes care of that. He's he's very he's he's very fast. He might he might be faster, maybe more of a pain in the running game than than Persa. But Persa is still he's had a Big Ten record with last year with seventy three percent completion rate. He's at seventy two point four now, so he's not lost a clip there. And this is another fast-paced spread offense, regardless of either quarterback there. The typical gives Iowa's defense fits. Yeah, good wide receiver in Jeremy Evert, good uh, tight end, super back they call it, uh, in Drake Dunsmore, who I think is a 17th year senior. And then, uh, but the one thing this this uh, Northwestern team lacks is a, a legit running back. I mean, Mike Trumpy tore his ACL, he's out for the year. So they, they don't really have a legit running back right now. I don't know if that'll slow him down. I think, you know, if you look at what Persa and what Kane Coulter, Kane Coulter's a leading rusher right now. If you look at what they do, they are the running back. So that's all that matters. As long as, as long as, if Northwestern keeps moving the change and gets in rhythm here, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be, you know, I was going to, the best it can hope for is a shootout. Who are your key players for the Hawks in this game, both on offense and defense? Offense, let me see. Uh, I think, well, Vandenberg's got a rebound. He's going to play much better than he did last week. If he doesn't, then I was in deep trouble. Uh, defensively, uh, I think the entire defensive line needs to uh, pick it up from last week. I mean, they they, they they let's face it. I mean, they were getting knocked off the ball two, three yards last week against a an offensive line that was pretty well beat up by the Penn State press coming out of Indiana for not getting any push. They got push against the Hawkeyes. Uh, collectively, that unit unit cannot lose a line of scrimmage like they did last week. If they do, it's going to be trouble. It was clear last week, and especially last Saturday in the postgame, that revenge was a factor for Penn State, their fans, the team, everybody involved. You talked to some of the players this past Tuesday. Did you get any feeling for that? Yeah, Northwestern's in their heads. It's clear and simple that Northwestern's done what it's needed to do against Iowa, and uh, I think there's a sort of a, I don't, I don't know, hang dog is the right word, but there's, there's definite awareness of what, you know, the magic Northwestern's been able to pull off the last, uh, uh, well, magic, it's, it's based, pretty basic football. I mean, Northwestern's playing better and making turnovers and making first downs and shutting Iowa out in the fourth quarter. There's no magic to it. That's what they're doing. And uh, it's in Iowa's heads. I mean, a lot of Iowa players talked about it, and there's sort of frustration level between, you know, being able to tackle the elusive Persa and beat Northwestern. Between that, you know, Northwestern's already halfway there. They're already playing against Iowa in their head. So here's the bottom line. Does Iowa get healthy Saturday in your prediction? No. Uh, Northwestern 21-20. I've not broken, broken down the game the way I usually do yet. But I, I don't. I, Iowa has not been consistent enough on offense to to trust it. Um, and the defense last week, kind of, you know, the book was open on them, run right at them. So until Iowa can get some consistency on offense and get stout, you know, and stop the run on defense, it's it's going to be a tough season. And against good teams like Northwestern, which is a good team no matter what the record is, that's not going to get it done. It's 21-20, 21-20 Northwestern. Well, we got Peter. And they got guys named Laser and Blazer and Taser and all kinds of Asians. My advice to you, start drinking heavily.
At the end of the day, find a way to win the game. Know who you are as a team. Play good special teams. Play good defense and win. Win number 406 for Joe Paterno. Of course, number one all time. 13-3. Penn State beats Iowa. They hold Iowa without a touchdown. McGloin's touchdown pass to tight end Kevin Hapley, the only TD of the game. Just a reminder that you can participate in our shows by offering your own comments and opinions on the Hawks. The toll-free hotline is available 24 hours a day. Call 866-74-HAWKS and make your voice heard. Visit HawkeyesMike.com. Go to the news and events section and check the links for up-to-date information on Iowa games, TV channels, team schedules, and more. Also check out the game photos and video highlights of Iowa games, other Big Ten action, and teams across the country. Just click on the video tab. You can subscribe to all Hawkeyes Mike podcasts through iTunes, and you can follow Hawkeyes Mike on Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook. Also be sure to check out all of the Hawkeye stories, features, and blogs in the Gazette, the Hawkeye, and the Daily Island. And listen to Brent Balbinat on Hawkeyes Mike and on the Balbinat and Brommel Camp Show weekdays 4 to 7 p.m. on KGYM AM 1600, ESPN Sports Radio in Cedar Rapids, and at KGYMRadio.com. Is it Necessary for me to drink my own urine? Probably not. No, but I do it anyway because it's sterile and I like the taste. Hawkeye's Mike football shows are brought to you in part by Prefence Hand Sanitizer, the revolutionary antimicrobial hand sanitizer that is alcohol-free and lasts all day with a single application. Try the hand sanitizer the Iowa Hawkeyes use. And remember, the best defense is prefence. And by the Marsh Cook Investment Group, Wells Fargo Advisors Financial Network in Coralville, Iowa. Call 319-512-6261 or toll-free 800-883-0842. Marsh Cook, for all your investment needs. Our thanks again to ABC for the game highlights this week. Thanks to our contributors, Susan Dank and Mark Morehouse. We hope you've enjoyed this Hawkeyes Mike podcast, that you'll come back for more, and that you'll participate by phoning and making your own voice heard on our shows. Call 866-74-HAWKS. It's all Hawkeyes all the time on HawkeyesMike.com. One passion, many voices. Nice work, everyone. Sharp broadcast. Really good. Everyone on the floor as well. Really a lot of hustle. I liked it. This has been a presentation of Hawkeye's Mike, LLC.